you shall not regret our encounter. This we declare in the most sober truth that no druidical prophecy ever struck its half-savage hearers with greater amazement than this history of ours must impress upon all who attend to it, even in these modern days when marvels arrive at our imperial shore on every rising tide and miracles are monthly reported in the proceeding of the learned societies. Without further preamble, then. We transport you to the year 1785, when Buonaparte terrified only his playmates, and the comet of Landon's poetic genius had not yet entered the earthly sphere. And to the county of Somersetshire, whose steep-sided hills were then but newly cut by the canals, and whose burgeoning port thrived on the whip-scarred back and manacled limb of a licensed traffic in human flesh. We see by your look that you are perhaps unacquainted with the county. Let us speak without epithet. We allude to Bristol, in those days among the first cities of the kingdom, after the monstrous and all-consuming capital. In that time and place we shall find our hero, Thomas Peach, Esquire. To all eyes but ours, he appears an unremarkable man. He is no longer in the prime of his strength, nor yet quite entered upon his middle years. He is perhaps five and thirty. He could not tell you the precise day of his birth, being of somewhat uncertain parentage, in the matter of the location, he is more determinate, yet his answer leaves so much unsaid as to be almost no answer at all. I was born, madam, at London. London? A great many are born there, I suppose. I suppose so. If you yourself, listener, were the lady interrogatrix in this exchange, and possessed of sufficient curiosity to press your inquiry, despite the evident diffidence of the gentleman, you would doubtless proceed to ask which parish of the city had the honour of his baptism. But we must inform you that Mr. Peach resides in an unfashionable old house, with but a single parlour, which stands alone on the side of one of the low, steep valleys in which the present corner of Somersetshire abounds, a morning's ride from the nearest town worthy of the name. From this you may gather that his neighbours are what we may call good, honest country folk, to whom the name of London signifies a single chimerical monster, one part king and lords and commons, another part dressed in silks and calicoes, incomprehensible fashions, and a third, the hind quarters, we suppose, rotten with every kind of vice and wallowing in the skirts of Mother Gin. And the whole, no more to be imagined as an assemblage of distinct boroughs and parishes than pandemonium itself. You have preferred the country for the air, I suppose. The air is indeed very pleasant hereabouts. They say there is nothing like it for the Constitution. We have the waters at Bath, too, you know. All the quality are to be found there. Those waters have been famed since the time of Julius Caesar. La, sir, you are an educated man, I see. 
Mr. Peach only inclines a little and shakes his head even less, as though at once to acknowledge and throw off the compliment, leaving poor Madam little the wiser. A London man, uneducated. I wonder you haven't mistaken your way, sir. For you know we have already a parson. <laughs> if I have strayed, Madam, then it was a fortunate error to have led me to so charming a spot. From which you may further deduce that Mr. Peach is adept in evading the curiosity of those among whom he has, for no reason they are able to extract from him, come to live. Indeed, there is much about Mr. Peach that baffles inquiry.'